Welcome to Rally Bites Radio on the 14th of May 2015. How time flies, eh, when you're uh, not enjoying yourself. Um, we've got Alan Watt on again uh, for a regular monthly slot. And we're going to be talking about uh, the so-called truth movement. I mean, does does it really exist? Is there an awful lot of truth in it? And uh, is it moving anywhere? Um, Alan, you there? Yes, sir. Yeah, loud and clear. Great. Um, in terms of the, the so-called truth movement, for want of a better term, um, You've been doing this a lot longer than a lot of people, uh, including myself, uh, by many, many years. And you must have noticed the kind of uh, development of this this phenomenon called the truth movement. I've heard you many times talk about the, the Patriot movement, which was, I suppose, a, a precursor, or it's running parallel with it. Um, and you, you said you had to come out and talk because there was a lot of navel-gazing going on within the, the Patriot movement, and they, they didn't see the big picture. Um, so, so, I mean, in, in your opinion, when did the, the so-called Patriot Soak Truth Movement begin? Well, the actual Patriot Movement itself goes back to the 1960s in the U.S. Uh, because uh, at that time, the Cold War was well underway. And uh, they came up with the idea that uh, they needed propaganda fronts against the Soviet influence across the world. And so they sponsored shortwave radio uh, to um, broadcast mainly Christian-type messages with anti-communist messages in it too, uh, broadcasted in Africa and different places, Middle East and so on, uh, where the communism could have, have an influence. So initially it was set up and, and actually funded by the CIA. Uh, so uh, there was an article about uh, 12 years ago, maybe in the Toronto Star, where uh, half a page was devoted to this, the history of it years ago. And, and it went through all this, how they'd set it up and so on. And then eventually, over time, in the, in the kind of waning in the Cold War, then other stations could come in and use the shortwave bands and do similar things which were unaffiliated with the CIA. Um, and again, mainly a religious land, but they did put a lot of good propaganda out too, as far as information went, factual information to do with, uh, they were beginning to look at the big picture back home and, and the changes they saw back home and so on. So a lot of good people came out at that time and spoke up. But even that was kind of repetitive, repetitive, and again, solely fixated upon the U.S. They didn't see, see beyond their borders so much. Uh, and, and the fact that every law getting passed in the U.S., trade-wise and so on, was actually worldwide, and every law that was passed in the U.S. was passed in every country at the same time under different names. So, I, I mean, I, I knew for a long time we're already under a form of world governance or government, depends how you want to phrase it yourself. And, um, and that's why I came out and decided to start putting the big picture together for people. And because uh, I've been studying it for basically... Uh, my whole life, even unwittingly at times too, because when you're very young, you want to know what's going on. And one thing about Scotland is we had good library systems, and you could go in and order books and so on. They'd find the books for you, and uh, enter library loans would send them to you too. And you get good books telling you about the big players who themselves said that they were the big players in creating a new world structure that would be socialist-based in, in a sense of expert management of society. That's what socialism means to those at the top. It's experts running everything. Um, 
and be blended as well with a corporate business structure, international corporate business structure. A very old idea, by the way. It wasn't new at all. And I've been on the go for such a long, long time <coughs> that I, mean, I knew uh, that the, what the patriot movement and now the truth movement today is talking about is almost obsolete. It's already happened. Uh, they're only seeing the effects come in today. And they also have what you call background scatter. Background scatter is all the, the, the millions of pieces of information on, on a thousand other topics, all affiliated or spin-offs or side effects of this big world order uh, that's already been implemented and been here your whole darn life. You didn't know it was here. Uh, and so that's, that's really where people are. They're, they're reacting against the, the scatter and the fallout from all the decisions have been made in the past, even before they were born, in fact, because much of this world order was to be kept secret until the very end, you know. In fact, it still is, <laughs> because uh, even the NAFTA deal, I think they published about 400, 500 pages for NAFTA eventually, but there's, there's, there's about a thousand odd pages that the meat of it is, is not to be disclosed to the public till 2050. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is a done deal already. When you first hear the term, believe you me, it's already a done deal because uh, it takes years and years and years of preparations to even get all the, what they call Sherpas, the, the technocrats that go across the world getting it all arranged with, the, with their lawyers and so on, uh, and economists. Uh, it takes years, maybe 20 years to get one part of it done. So when you hear the terms getting expressed to you, uh, take it from me, the, the signing is a public ceremony and nothing more. It's already done, you know. So we're really reacting to things that have already happened in the past. And we're only seeing the effects of them now, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's what most of, the, uh, what most of the people I've listened to over the years uh, are basically reporting on things that, I mean, they might have happened yesterday or they might have happened 10 years ago, but they've yeah. happened. There, there's no... Um, yeah, there's been no attempt to prevent anything, as far as, far as I can see, um, by any anything calling itself the truth movement. I mean, you know, I, I was at Bilderberg in Watford uh, a couple of years ago, and, and basically we, we sat in a tent for three days doing radio. Yeah. But um, you, you had the, the guys out there with the placards waving them at um, limousines going by, you know, at uh, Hillary Clinton or, or whoever was coming in. And over, over the three days, I mean, there's supposed to be you know, 160-odd people there or something, 180 people, whatever. And there was only there was only at the most half a dozen limousines a day coming in, so I mean yeah. there, there was nobody there uh, of of any kind of note and no major meeting as such. But I just I just back then I, I just thought this what a waste of time this is the whole this whole Bilderberg kind of in inverted commas protest is is such a waste of time and they've got us all corralled in this little compound, and uh, the real meat and bones of this is going on somewhere else. And and uh, as you say oh, yeah. these, these people are, are meeting. As, as some kind of symbolic gesture, or as a pure distraction, and uh, waving placards at cars achieves nothing. That, that, that's right. I mean, they get all excited, and again, too, there are many angles to this because there's different different sides of this patriot movement or truther movement. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, businesses on the go. Put this way, it's a big business for a lot of people, huge business, because it fills a big gap and. Uh, for advertising and all the rest of it, they can get a lot of money and get rich if they want to get rich. Uh, being a truther, but uh, and if you get the backing behind you, the right folk too. But the fact is, um, they make a, a distraction by the Bilderberger and so on. It never occurs to the average person who, who gets obsessed with this stuff and follows it all. It never occurs to them they're meeting throughout the whole darn year, 
and not always all together. Uh, they're always meeting each other individually and so on, uh, the members of these particular clubs. Just like uh, if you look at the many meetings for uh, the United Nations go on every year, that there's hundreds of them across the world. All different departments of the bureaucracies are having meetings across the whole world, bringing in laws, getting them all aligned with each other, with all the different countries. And then, again, the Sherpas, as they call them, and the bureaucrats draft it all up for getting signed into law. So, I mean, we're living in a completely different form of government. And that was the intention that was written about back when, when Lord Alfred Milner was on the go. And they developed the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. The whole idea was to take over all the resources of the world, which they said would have to be run by themselves, who, who owned the big corporations of the day. And uh, that, that um, government would never be efficient enough to run anything in an efficient manner. Therefore, the corporations would run the world and they would bring in a new form of government, which technically is a form of super fascism. Uh, and they would put their own members into government, running as politicians, give them the publicity, give them the financial backing, and they were guaranteed to get them in. They'd also staff the higher levels. very important part is bureaucracy, all the different parts of the civil service. All the top positions would have lifers, guys who lived their whole life working, uh, their whole working life working for the, uh, the implementation of these agendas that were given to put forth. Um, they're very important. We don't elect these guys, remember. They're more important than the politicians. And they all get knighted too, knighted and given peerships when they, when they retire for, for doing their bit, so to speak. So you're living in a completely different type of government than the one that the media is, is paid and, and trained to put across to you. They keep you living in the dark as if you're living in an early 20th century type of government and, and it's completely opposite today. We're living in a very totalitarian form of government in a thousand directions around society to do with um, uh, f- family, mental health, all of these things, social work departments. This is, this is what they call technocracy, actually. That's a term that they used in the 1930s. A technocracy was a system brought in by scientists of the day and economists of the day on behalf of the, of the Royal International Affairs Group. And... Um, it was to run society in an efficient manner by experts from birth to death for every single living person on the planet, except for the elite themselves. So we've been in that for an awful long time. And technocracy today is training the public and winning them generation by generation not to be involved in politics, not to really care what those above you, these superior beings which you never meet in public uh, by yourself, you never actually meet them. But these ones are are managing the world properly. Just allow them to do it and don't interfere and don't get involved in their business. And so you're being managed in a different, a different way, almost a feudal system, actually. And um, mind your place is, is a very subtle um, uh, thing that permeates through societies. Mind your place, don't cause waves, just accept there are superior people who know uh, they want to give you these injections to make you healthy or whatever they're going to tell you it's, it's going to be for. They know this is how you're going to be educated and, and this is how you're going, to, you're going to believe because they're superior people. Just accept it and go along with it. And, and we've been trained since about the 19... 19- 
fifties like that to the present time, and it's it's, it's worked awfully awfully well. Most young folk, most folk today, just matter what age they are, don't never think of, of going in deeper into any particular policy of government or international affairs. They actually believe it really is none of their business, and they they allow their their managers, their world managers, to to, to do it all uh, on their behalf. Basically, your life is in their hands. Just sit back and let them do the business. Don't interfere. That's where we are, and that's what technocracy is. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting back to this, uh, the the point you made earlier about the the truth movement being a business. I mean, I, I remember that that uh, Bilderberg meeting. Um, one of the characters. You know, one of the Ockham the Texan, and uh, the Lizardman were there as well. And it, it was the, the Texan and Lizardman show. That's that's all it was. Uh, and you talk about um, you know pe- people uh, following leaders, and it was like it was like watching a herd of stampeding sheep uh, when these guys were were on the on the playground, as it were, and just following them around everywhere. And as you say, you mentioned it was a business, and there was a there was a a canal went through the, the grounds of this place between where we were penned in and the hotel or and the golf course and stuff. And uh, the, the figure that was bandied about to rent a barge was £2,000. And uh, these characters were on it um, with uh, the journalists from The Guardian. I mean, and I, I looked at that and I thought, well, if that doesn't give it away, well, you know, yeah. what is what, what are people watching here? You know, and it was a big stunt for like two grand, and uh, people are making donations to this for for that kind of thing. And it was just a nonsense, and uh, of course Charlie Skelton uh, was involved in that along with his uh, his erstwhile wife. Um, I can't even remember her name now, uh, but it was all a big stunt, and they had a tent there, uh, the Guardian, which was a, the official media tent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Skelton was quoted as, uh, in his Guardian article that um, he was the liaison uh, between the Truth Movement and the Bilderberg Group. And he was working on their behalf, and yet, and yet, people are looking at these characters, thinking, "Oh, they're, they're you know, they're, they're protesting, they're doing this, that, and the next thing." When it, it was totally the opposite, they were yeah. they were part of the whole uh, charade, if you like. Well, well, I've said so many times over years that when the big boys sit down to plan anything on a world strategy or even a national strategy scale. Uh, and, and I've gone through even the documents from the Rockefeller brothers themselves who came up with the idea of how many newspapers it would take to to, to influence the whole country of the U.S. Uh, the rest would follow, and they, they thought about, nine, about 30 newspapers, main, main newspapers, uh, would give the leads for all the lesser papers to follow. So in other words, they copied the stuff and repeat it and so on. Uh, they also brought out Harper's Magazine, all these different um, magazines to influence different classes of society, including bureaucrats too. So they'd cater to each section of controllers within a country, and then eventually the world, within world newspapers too. Because uh, information is so important, it shapes your whole reality of what you think is going on. It never occurs to you uh, that the same people said, well, if we put this forth, this is our big agenda for taking over the world's resources, etc., um, what will the opposition be? And so, okay, they might get grassroots roots movements who will, will complain on, on this particular aspect of it. Another group might pop up for that aspect. So they supply the leaders first. They talked about this back in the 1930s. And so they, they, they did that. They actually give you your leaders. I've said that for years and years and years. They'll give you your leaders... They'll give them heavy financing, lots of uh, media time, things like that. And so 
everybody else who's just speaking the basic facts, like here's the laws that have passed, here's this and so on and so on, here's all the trade deals, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're shoved off in the sidelines. You don't get the publicity. You can't get the financial backing. Uh, you can't get the kind of show business that goes into creating a star. Uh, and believe you me, to create a star in any aspect, even media, is, is definitely an expensive thing to do. But it can be done as a machinery that makes you um, popular. And, but followers don't realize that. Uh, and so you can be led up the garden path and you're ineffectual. Because when you're talking about topics, which, as I say, are, are moot points, they're already passed, the laws are passed on these particular topics. Uh, the fact is, um, you're not fighting away at things that are happening right now. Uh, in fact, you'll be, you'll be hard pressed for most folk to figure out what really is happening right now, because what they give you is hap- about to happen has already happened. This is the key to it, if you grasp what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, of course, I mean, as you mentioned, if, if someone like you who, who looks at the you know, the original official documentation and stuff, uh, you know, goes on air, puts all this stuff out, you know, some people say, oh, that's that's boring, that's, uh, you know, well, mm-hmm. there's, there's no sensationalism in it or that's whatever. Right. And uh, you get uh, characters coming along and it's, uh, you know, shouting and ranting and screaming uh, on the television and, uh, you know, fear, 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 here we can sell you this gas mask or, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is um, a cult of celebrity. Oh, yeah. And again, too, it would, see, we live as well... Um, it's, there's a whole history to, to the, creating uh, the cult of celebrity uh, because with all the trends of a particular era, uh, they, they use the trends at that time to create celebrities. Today's a bit different. Again, we've, we've dumbed the people down so much. You have the, you have the worldwide wrestling crew. You have the comic characters involved with it too. And so the, the, the people expect a show, even if you're coming on to present some kind of truth to them, they expect entertainment and a show. Uh, they're not, they haven't been educated to sit back and think about facts and, and cut the emotion out of it and just simply analyze the facts. Uh, they have been trained. Uh, they're, they're also, their attention spans are so short now, too. They almost need entertainment. And they need the visual aspect as well. The surveys that were done back in the 90s and 80s, in fact, uh, they knew that the young generation getting brought up uh, would be visually orientated towards video, uh, and then the computer came in and so on. And they would have to uh, uh, put most of the propaganda through a visual art too, which also would have to have an entertainment value uh, to, to, to grab the children or, or the young folk or the folk who really are kind of immature and sway them off into different tangents so they would never participate uh, in a logical fashion. You, here's the thing, too. You can't bring emotion into into the study of this. If you bring emotion into this, you, somebody else will come along, use emotion against you, and you'll, you'll destroy yourself. You've got to look at it clinically, absolutely clinically. Yeah, I think yeah, you're absolutely correct. Because, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people, if not most people, who kind of come across this information in the first place uh, tend to get angry uh, in, in the first place, and then you know depression. It's uh, it's realizing this has been you know nobody likes to be fooled all their lives. It was it's likened to a death actually. Uh, you go through the same phases as, as a death when you realize that democracy does not exist. Yeah, and, and uh, you, until until you actually accept it um, mm-hmm. that you've been lied to all your life, then you you can't really um, get out of the depression and move forward. No. And I, you know, I've been there a few times, and I think, well, why am I bothering? 
you know, why am I bothering doing the radio? Why am I bothering writing anything? Because uh, nobody's listening or nobody's reading it. But uh, you know, you kind of you kind of bounce back and start again and just keep going because you, you know, you've got to do something. You got to do something, and also even for your own mental health, it's good to know and understand the whys and wherefores. So that when you hear bits of news. District and intelligence agent, you can can work through what what's really behind it, and make sense of it, without being paranoid about it, and and utilize the logic of it where it's supposed to all go. Uh, so it's nice to know what's happening, really know what's happening, but don't, but don't panic, and crack up over it, you know. Well, of course, I mean, there's, there's basically nothing you can do as do about it as an individual. But it, as you say, it's better to know because you know, better informed, better prepared, if, if you like, for for what's coming next. And you have a right. You have a right. I mean, the, the, the greatest crime of all is to steal someone's mind. And we've all had damaged minds since we were born with with the nonsense and even the Jewish indoctrination we got it what they call education to create social engineering. I mean, the folk have no idea how attacked have been since birth. Uh, even with things they like, and right down to the video games, were actually weaponized and so on. They have no idea, uh, and they end up being the, the total sum outcome of all this indoctrination until they're ineffectual and um, and out of the picture, basically. Which is a great way of disabling people from taking part in in, in any kind of activism. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been in um, in situations where. You know, there's people I've maybe met once or twice and they happen to kind of latch on to the group you're kind of hanging around with, it, it, whatever it is, and they start getting angry and shouting and, and you know, <laughs> just mm-hmm. getting obnoxious to, to people yeah. in the street. And, and you just have to get a hold of them and say, well, you calm down, you're just going to get yourself arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what, what good is that going to do you? Or you'll have a stroke. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, yeah, I mean, but, uh, I mean, people just seem to, um, and to as, as, as you say, until you kind of accept the situation and uh, take the emotion out of it, um, you're just leaving yourself wide open to to all sorts of problems. Well, I, I used to be accused occasionally by, by people, and here's the key too, um, in, in psychological warfare, there are many aspects of it, and part of it they discussed back in the 30s too, was the creation of what they call optimism. And they did put massive amounts of money into the study of the human brain and even came up with a, what they called the Optimist Center. Uh, and what they said was, I think, create a society who's optimistic against all odds, even though it's crazy to be so under certain situations, then it'd be easier to manipulate the people. So they gave them for a while a sense of optimism, which wasn't backed up by the material facts of their situations or anything else. And that was the 70s and, and 80s and so on. And uh, it also made them rather stupid to the, to, in the fact that they thought that they had rights. That also tied in with this, this optimistic thing. You live in the best country in the world. Or we'll even put the anti's 1984 book. Every, every nation told them you live in the best country in the world. And, uh, and the people are taught to believe it. Even though if you just sat back and again cut the emotion in your doctrine and looked at it, you said, my God, what the hell is this? So... Um, uh, the optimistic uh, value of things was awfully, awfully important to them. Now they've changed it into a form of apathy because they said after the optimistic era to bring them into the, to the con- to where they're bringing the world together under this vague kind of amorphous um, global government or governance system, as they like to call it, where corporations are part of governance. Uh, they have a, a definite legal say in governing the people. 
uh, where, where we've been for a long time actually, uh, then they start to create a form of apathy similar to the Soviet era, when, in, the, in the full thrust of the Soviet era, where folk would walk in the streets without having eye contact and, and, uh, and they'd be obedient, they were paranoid against each other in case they were getting set up for a sting operation because they were always testing them out in the Soviet Union, especially in East Germany, when they put the Stasi, you could walk down the streets, and if you saw someone or someone come up to, come up to you or be, be beside you when you were waiting for a coffee and, and just mention to someone else about uh, this person's been anti-state or whatever it happened to be. And if you didn't report hearing that, because um, this thing could be on you, if you didn't report it, you'd be hauled off to jail. Why didn't you report what you just heard? In other words, they set you up to see how you'd re- react to it. That everybody utterly paranoid. And now it's coming down to the same thing in the West under the guise of anti-terrorism. So all the, the techniques that worked successfully are being used now on all of us in, in the West and, and Australia and elsewhere too. Yeah. One, one thing that uh, the, the, two, the two sides of the media, if you like, the alternative media, for again, for want of a better term, and the mainstream media. Um, the mainstream media will report bad news, but it, it it throws the you know the the hook and there's there's a way out of this you know we can we can do this we can do this uh, we can raise taxes for whatever um, and we can solve these problems um the alternative doesn't really give anybody any hope it just it just uses fear in the same way the media does um you know the media will put across uh, oh we we need more money for hospitals so we'll have to raise taxes and everybody goes oh yeah that's fine you know and uh, or you know for terrorism we need more money for security and all the rest of it well, I mean, I don't see any difference in, in that and the truth movement saying, um, oh, look out for chemtrails here, buy a gas mask. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see any difference whatsoever, to be honest, no. in, the, in the psychology behind it. There's, they give them no answers. That's it. Uh, it, it's all fear, 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 hype, hype, until, and f- until people, a lot of people crack up, actually, that follow it, you know, uh, because they, they feel this hopelessness eventually where they're given no answers as to anything positive to do. And what, what they understand, too, were so incredibly minutely analysed, including your behaviour. That's why all the clusters of your friends and so on are monitored on you by, by your, 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 your emails and all the rest of it, and your texting, and, your, and your, it's all put into si- si- uh, simulations of individual you. <laughs> they have a, a you, one for every, everyone here, in the Pentagon. Uh, and they actually run the program and they, feed, they update it with all the, the, the data comes in daily on you, on the messages you give out to other people. And they analyze you all the time. And they know that most folk today are, are um, have, have been worked in the social engineering in school and through its society and so on. And even through working for businesses, big businesses, as part of a collective, you're part of a team. Even the nation is part of a team. The whole idea was to eradicate what they called individualism. And they wrote lots of books on this and how to, how to destroy individualism as being the enemy to world peace. Uh, the United Nations has stated that openly that their main enemy to, the, to this whole world agenda, which they're help pushing, is, to, uh, is the individual. And so individualism has to be eradicated. And so most of what they are trained as a part of a collective, they look for leaders because they themselves never imagined themselves as being a leader, because they have no confidence in themselves. That's been whittled away through their schooling techniques of groupthink and so on, right down to being shunned in the classrooms now if you, if you don't come along with a consensus and an agreement in the classroom. If you're an independent thinker, you've had it, basically. 
you have to go along with the peer group or you're ostracized and get bad marks and all the rest of it and, and you're shunned by, by your friends. So this is all stuff that was designed 100 years ago uh, by Dewey and the boys to be implemented and it's, it's worked awfully well. Folk don't know how to lead themselves. They don't have the confidence. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was actually going to come on to that because uh, to, to get rid of individuals uh, who... You know, who want to do something. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, in this kind of area or, or something else. Um, they have to join join a group. They're forced into a group. Let's say, say it's a union or whatever. They, yes. they can't they can't fight for their own rights in the workplace. They have to join exactly. a union to have somebody to, to do it for them. Uh, and it's the same thing with uh, the so-called truth movement. It's it, everybody's been suckered into this uh, thing and led by the the Pied Pipers involved in it. Absolutely. And if they're not set up in advance by those who, whose job it is to send agents in to, 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 to set groups up so that you'll follow them, uh, then they're taken over. It's, one or, it's always one or the other. Uh, because um, the big boys, as I say, always look for reactions. If we, if, before they make a move on the chessboard, what will the reactions be amongst the people? So, oh, there'll be reactions about that. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get a leader supplied and trained who'll appear in this scene when they, when they start to mumble amongst themselves and he'll become the leader or she'll become the leader. And they've been doing this for a hundred, of hundred, well over a hundred years. And it works awfully, awfully well. It, does, it doesn't occur to the average person because if they're saying the same things as you initially, it's always initially, uh, then, they're, then they're working for the other side. They're conning you. But you, you'll find when they, 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 they get enough leaders, they always bend it off into some weird tangent that ends up going round and eventually ends up in the same road of compromise with this whole world agenda. Uh, that's what, what always happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the, uh, another uh, quote that uh, Charlie Skelton uh, came out with was that, um, it's, that the only problem with Bilderberg is that it's so secretive. If they told us what they were doing, it'd be all right. So I said to him, so what are you saying, that if Henry Kissinger comes down here and says he wants to wipe out 95% of the population, that's okay then? You know, and he went, well, you as long as they tell us what they're doing. And, <laughs> and there's people listening to this and, and, and not, not confronting the guy. No. You know, and I'm thinking, what, what is this about? And this, this is the guy, of course, who makes hardcore pornography movies uh, with another Guardian journalist. Uh, and he, I, I, I pulled, pulled him up on that one as well. But, um, you know, he, he kind of made a, a smart comment. Um, and he was, he was he was actually asked about um, pornography by a colleague of mine, uh, and they got it they got it on film. I don't know what ever happened to that film because I never saw it broadcast anywhere. Um, but he was asked um, his opinion on porn, and he said, "Oh, it's okay. It's, it's, it's people's choice and all the rest of it." And the, the interviewer said to him, "So, what do you think about sex with children?" And I've never seen somebody blush so quickly in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stuck his tongue out like a child who'd been caught stealing the candy. Yeah. And uh, didn't answer the question, and yeah. I thought, well, that says a lot, you know. But uh, anyway, that's Charlie Skelton in the Guardian. Well, well they always they, they give us our leaders, uh, and I've I've, no, I've watched this for years and years and years, when different uh, factions amongst the public uh, would would start to, to mumble, as I say, they, you start off with mumbling amongst yourselves and uh, and sharing ideas before groups are started, and then some of them would appear. Uh, it used to be very evident, in fact, on the, on the, the earlier Patriot Radio, uh, where different folk could get on uh, uh, with their opinions and so on. And when they started grumbling about things, within a week, some leader, would, some self-made leader, would suddenly appear, uh, very articulate, knew all the details, uh, and they'd all immediately jump on the bandwagon. 
see, part of this too is we've all been trained since the 1940s in the cult of celebrity, uh, especially in a materialistic society like the U.S., where they worship money as much as they worship anything else. And those with money, regardless of how they got the money, even gangsters, look at all the Hollywood movies out there that glorify the gangsters. And uh, that's part of the culture. So the cultures are heavily studied to see what works on that particular culture. And in the U.S., they're like the show business, like the, the, the guy who, who gets wealthy any way he can, and, and they'll follow them. They'll follow them pretty blindly, in fact. They have a great tech ability to sort of bow down automatically to money and wealth. This was first put across by uh, uh, one of the, uh, the writers on Rockefeller after the, the, he used the militia to shoot up the miners in the tents back in the 1920s, I think it was. And uh, immediately uh, the backlash of the public where it was nasty to him. So they formed to change a, a system to change his public image. They brought in the PR specialist, Bernays. They brought in a guy they made prime minister in Canada eventually, in fact, uh, as part of the team to give him a complete makeover and make him a philanthropist. And, then it, and so about a few weeks later, he's going to round them up the miners' houses, uh, pretending to be concerned about their welfare. And this author said, he said, it's so, so disgusting to see the ordinary people who'd been shot at a few weeks before and some of their friends were killed, uh, miners, uh, bowing and, 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 and doffing the hat to this guy because in, in, in the presence of power and money. That's, how, that's a natural instinct to people in a materialistic society. Uh, so even with a gangster, uh, you'll doff the hat, bow the knee and all the rest of it in the presence of this power that you sense around them. Uh, the cult of, of the celebrity is, it can be awful. I mean, that's what Adolf Hitler was. Uh, that's what Lenin and Stalin were, you know. Uh, it works awfully well in societies. And when people follow blindly, because the person initially might say some of the right things, you end up with horror shows, always horror shows. Um, and you let up the garden path as well. Today, everything's infiltrated with, with trained agents, uh, and nothing is what appears to be on the surface, nothing at all, as far as information goes. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, again, it's come back to the colour of personality and all the rest of it, and, pe- and people like a winner. And uh, yeah, exactly. you know, if, if people are pushed to the front and they, they sell a lot of books or write a lot of books and sell a lot of books, um, and they, they do these big tours and fill stadiums and all the rest of it, um, and, and claim that they're poor, uh, while they have to pay some like you know, fifty grand to Wembley Stadium to get a deposit down. Yeah, and and they, have, they have ghostwriters and everything. People have no idea of the machinery that makes you a star, uh, because it's, it's it's show business, and 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 you see the you see the show, but you don't see the business behind it that makes the star, uh, because it's a machinery of experts uh, that gives them the, the, the image that is projected to the public, um, uh, specialists that, that deal with uh, their marketing for all their different uh, little um, interviews that they'll have and so on, what they're going to say and all the rest of it. It's all formatted as much as like a president of the United States is. Everything they say is formatted by their, their, their script writers. Yeah. Well, in terms of um, a lot of individuals, say, prior to 9-11, um, putting out whatever they could put out, uh, whether it was right or wrong, um, but they, they had their say or whatever. Um, 9-11, of course, fulfilled many agendas, but um, was was one of them to, to bring all these individuals into this into this so-called 9-11 truth movement and, and get them out of that kind of uh, individual kind of mindset? 
where they just went out and did their own thing? I, I think it was to create a, a, a group that could be used. The people who followed, I'm sure most of them wouldn't think that, but um, it's, all these groups eventually get used. I mean, for instance, one of them, I think it was out in BC, I was taken over by a woman who infiltrated, got to the top, and now she's pushing the whole green agenda and austerity uh, and the United Nations agenda. Uh, so, see, Bernays said the same thing to all his trainees. Uh, he was a, the, the father of this technique, of course, for advertising and so on. <clears throat> he says, when you, when you go into a town, or when you, when you look at a, a target audience, he says, it's a lot of work to convince people in a, in a town or a city to buy this product or do this particular thing. He says, what you do is you look for existing organizations. Uh, even the churches, you become friends with the ministers, you give them a, a big donation. He'll start influencing his congregation uh, to be uh, positive towards the products that you're selling and, and so on. Or any, even a political agenda as well, because Bernays worked with um, presidents and all the rest of it. So if the, if, the, if the big groups, the ready-made big groups don't exist, then you create them, because you always use big groups. Um, if you look at the communist system, it is fascinating. Uh, they called it organization. Organization, well, it, 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 was, it was no understatement when they said they were organized. When you joined the communist movement, you then were as watched as much as anybody else was watched outside the group. Uh, you were watched more than their targets at times to, to make sure that you towed the party line. And along with the party line that you might agree with, it, with, with this and this and this, You'll get this and this and this and this and this this that you wouldn't really agree with, but you better say that you did. So the whole agenda of the Communist Party line, you had to go along with. It's the same system that's used today by the big elites, by the way, who who run the whole world today. There's no right, no no left. It's all a joke. Um, With, with, say, the, the gay movements, the LGBT movements, all these different movements are all tied in with the greening agenda, uh, with austerity programs for the world, uh, with the cutbacks in power and energy usage and the high expense of energy that we're going to pay, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's all tied together. So initially people go in saying, well, I believe in this and this, uh, but you've got to swallow all the rest of the stuff with it uh, or, or you're expelled from, the, if you like, the party or the group completely. It's just on one particular topic they don't agree with. That's what you live in today. And that's why there's no difference when you, when you look at all the different groups that are out there today, even, even the so-called sexual orientation groups, they're all completely aligned with the United Nations agenda, which is nothing more than the front set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs to c- control all the populations of the world on behalf of the big corporations. So um, that's organization. Um, it, it's just fascinating to, to take any particular one group and see what eventually, even if they started opposing it all, like some of the truth movements, uh, uh, they completely lose it. Welcome back to Rally Rights Radio, and uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, it's, it's ironic, we talked the last time, Alan, about nothing working, and uh, here we have yeah. phone problems again. <laughs> but uh, it was on my end this time, Skype uh, doing an automatic update and uh, completely crashing my computer. But uh, there you go. I think uh, the last thing you were talking about was the um, the, the way that groups are infiltrated and the uh, you mentioned the kind of the sexual um, groups and all that being incorporated into the whole UN agenda and stuff. And uh, I, was, I was thinking, while well, I was trying to get this back on, that um, in terms of the the truth movement, as in inverted commas, it's it's always now seems to be associated with nine eleven. 
And as you mentioned earlier, that things things have already happened when they're reporting on it, and yeah. people are still so fixated on 9/11, and there's all these arguments going around: were there planes, weren't there planes, this, that, and the next thing. Right. And I, I said to many people, you know, we know they came down, we know it was deliberate, you know, that's that's done. I mean, why why are you wasting your time on it? And yeah. I think there's a lot of that going on. Uh, people, you know, regurgitating the same thing over and over again. Um, and and you also mentioned, you know, we're, we're giving our leaders and. Uh, one of one of the the more obvious ones. I mean, I, I don't care about mentioning his name because I've mentioned it before. Is is Dane Wigington of Geoengineering Watch? Now, I mean, that that site appeared from absolutely nowhere, and uh, suddenly it's uh, the world authority on uh, geoengineering, and yet this guy's all for um, man-made global warming. It's yeah. just absurd. But um, I, I don't know what the, the train of thought was when we got cut off. But uh, that was just a couple of things I was I was thinking about when we were off air. Well, that that was it. It was to do with organisation. Uh, and techniques and how to get big groups either formed or take over big groups and use them uh, eventually for the agenda as a, as a, a, before it, but they were opposed to the agenda uh, that's a very old strategy and it's been to go for an awful long time we forget too that in the 1990s uh, the world government or the world um, countries of the world's and their national governments were putting forth anti-terrorism bills in. Canada passed one, it was called the Omnibus Crime Bill, but 1987 or so by Alan Rock, he put it through in Canada. And it bewildered all the, all the journalists because they said this is an anti-terrorism law with uh, mandatory detention, indefinite detention, things like that. This is before 9-11 happened. And, and what came out, of course, was that this whole uh, war in the Middle East was pre-planned long ago, and they were getting ready for it back then, before 9-11 happened. Uh, and 9-11, of course, was just a kick-off, like, like the official, here, here's the flag, you know, uh, and away they went. So it was all pre-planned, um, uh, and the U.S. too, under Bill Clinton, had been put through that anti-terrorism law bill then too. So uh, nothing happens just spontaneously. And I remember even the head of the GHQ in Britain at the time of 9-11 happened, he said that, he says, we knew this was going to happen. He said, most, a lot of the countries knew, Israel knew, everybody warned the United States, he says, we warned the United States it was going to happen, and they completely ignored it, which led them to believe in, believe in Britain that it was a planned and allowed thing to happen to kick off the whole war project. So uh, it, nothing just started with 9-11. This was on the go long before 9-11. But what you realize is that every stage of your life was planned in a similar similar vein. Uh, if you came from Britain or, or, or one of the European countries, the European Union was planned at the end of World War II, uh, and it was kept secret from the public until the, the, the 90s that the whole idea was to get a global parliament set up uh, for the EU, a world parliament, and then NAFTA was to follow it and amalgamate the whole of the Americas and the Caribbeans too into one big trading block, and then that would go into the big, which now is the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That was, that was planned before we were born. Yeah. But we're living through a script. <laughs> and, and as you say, um, the, the alternative media sites are, are, all, are all reporting on this stuff, and it's, as you say, it's all done. Um, done yeah. We mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a case of a learned helplessness I've heard you mention that term before and mm -hmm. uh, there's no there's no hope for you you know it just uh, you, all you can do is shout and rant about it and uh, hope somebody listens to you or, or whatever um, but of course nobody is going to listen the, the hardest thing to learn is that you're under totalitarian system 
that's the last thing. That's the last thing the people want to look at. Yeah, and 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 to accept it, and then and get get over that, and then then try and do something about it. But uh, I've heard you before saying that the, the the biggest issue you'll have is holding on to your sanity. Yeah. Now I, I say you know we we talked earlier about uh, most of the uh, alternative media truth movement sites uh, don't give you any hope. I mean, you know, I've heard you before being described as a doom and gloom and. Okay, uh, apologies again to the listeners. Um, Skype problems again, uh, and again and again. Um, Alan, I think uh, we better just kind of round this up before we get caught off again. I yeah. mean, it's <laughs> quick, simple question. Is there really any hope for a, a truth movement as such? Uh, it would have to start with each, literally back to individualism. Um, you can't join a group and saw the whole party line when it makes no... As I say, if you join a group, you might join for a particular reason, it seems... Uh, the most ominous you know, thing to be done. Um, but they, they'd ask you to start to accept this and this and this and this and this. And uh, that, that's the old, old strategy uh, because then the whole group's getting used for some other purpose. If you look, for instance, at the United Nations, all the affiliated NGO, non-governmental organization groups, when you join it, no matter what your cause happens to be, you must accept the whole agenda of the United Nations and every one of its departments. That's part of the contract. So uh, individuals are the only ones that can decide what's right and wrong for themselves and, and what's really pressing and what affects everybody. Forget all the specialized little different parts of society. Uh, that, that's, uh, that, that's really a caveat to the extent too, to throw you all off. You've got to concentrate on what affects you all. Uh, for instance, it doesn't matter what part of your particular little neurosis is, is your problem to do with uh, identity of any kind whatsoever. If you're all going to be starving under austerity shortly, uh, that's the primal uh, problem you've got. Um, and a, a, a system of world managers, right down to local managers, managing you from birth to death. Uh, that's no life whatsoever for anybody, and that's your, your prime thing to be concerned about. Where all resources are controlled by international monopolies, corporations. Uh, you, in fact, it's, it's to be forbidden for you to be self-sustaining in any possible way at all. That's going to be forbidden completely. Uh, that's the most important thing you should be thinking about too, and not the little, as I say, little sideline neurosis that everyone's got in one form or another. So um, uh, only individuals can can can, can keep sanity as you go through all of this, and if you, if you belong to any particular group and you see a view, uh, then you, you know that it's been either taken over or it was a fake to start with, uh, and you get out of it. Simple as that. Don't be, don't be used as a number for, for someone else's agenda. Hi, this is Alan. Niels had a problem with his Skype, and it apparently updated itself automatically and has screwed up since, and... We tried to connect two or three times, and therefore if you hear this uh, talk being a bit disjointed, it's because of that. We couldn't finish it either because the, uh, something was running in the background in the, in the program, obviously, and cutting us off. So I'll just spend the last couple of minutes mentioning that this is the end of the show pretty well. And the message was going to where, what, what, what can an individual do? Well, the, the whole point is you be an individual. 
look at the the basic human rights. Don't forget all this stuff from special interest groups because that's that's to that's to make so many different groups out there that appears that democracy can't work in the first place. That was intention of a lot of this uh, setting them up in the first place and giving them lots of money by the big foundations and then using them as a big conglomerate group to push the whole program of austerity and everything else goes along with it, the whole kit and caboodle. So I've mentioned before, if you belong to a group and you see uh, its mandate changing as time goes on, then you know it's been overtaken or infiltrated and eventually it'll be used by the very, the very thing that you're, you're trying to oppose. You have to start thinking for yourselves and, and say, think for what really is important for everybody. And if you have no right to decide what you're going to do in your life, with your life, and you're going to be run by major domos from birth to death, and uh, and you can't say what you want to say or what you even think at times because of political correctness, then you have no freedom at all in any possible way, shape, or form. Some folk will go along with it quite happily because a lot of folk do like the socialist communistic system where others tell you what to do and what to think. And they feel safe in that kind of uh, position. Uh, others, uh, of course, reobject to it. And they've been basically having masking tape put over their mouths so you can't say anything at all that you, you feel it should be said. It's your right to say what, what you want to say. You don't make a pest of yourself or annoy folk. But if you're asked a question, you should be able to re- reply honestly and say what's on your mind and use some logic and so on in your answers. But the whole system today is, uh, as I say, it's managed. It's completely managed from top to bottom with what you may call the party line, the one party of the planet. And it encompasses complete management, as I've mentioned, of society to right down to the individual. It's, you can't be self-sufficient in any way, shape, or form at all. That's going to be outlawed under Agenda 21 and the Millennial Project, things like that. So you've got to understand that what really is important to all of us in the long run. And uh, many folk, of course, will never listen to the messages you, you put out there because their ears are closed. They, they don't mind being managed, as I said. A lot of folk actually will like this, this form of slavery. Other folk will object. And, and you decide which camp you happen to be in. And stay in your own particular camp. And don't vary your opinions, unless it's because you've added to your knowledge things like that. But uh, if you belong to groups, be wary of them changing course. And it's time to get out of them then, rather than be used for some agenda which you don't even understand yet. (laughs) So uh, that's it uh, for tonight, folks. And hopefully we get a better connection next time on with Neil.